Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and today I have a guest that I've been like so excited to have on my show for a very long time, even though she doesn't know it because I didn't ask her until like the last couple months to be <laughs> on my show. It's literally been like probably since I met you last year, Dr. Lisa, like Symphony of Possibilities, I was like, I really like to have her on my show. And you and whatever it was in my universe, you are like so famous to me. I'm like, she would never come on my show. She's so famous. And when you were like, yes, I, I wanted to feel beyond when you said yes. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having Dr. Lisa on my show. <laughs> it's like having mm-hmm. Dane on your show. I'm like, how do you do that? So I'm very excited to have you. Oh, gosh. That's very, very kind of you, Melissa, and thank you for calling me famous. I love that. I'll have more and more and more of that and for associating me with Dane. I was getting better than that. Already I'm having more fun than I've had today, so cool. <laughs> Can it be better than that? So I personally know um, people that you have helped uh, a lot that you've facilitated so much for, and um, for those of you who don't know Dr. Lisa, she I'll, I'll give them a little information on you, Dr. Lisa. There's stuff about you that I didn't even know. Um, I knew you did <laughs> a lot of things, but I was like, wow, there's stuff I didn't know about you. So, um, And I, I may edit a little bit of what um, you have here just so that it... Um, Please. It. Yeah, so Dr. Lisa is a world-leading authority on thriving ac- after childhood sexual abuse. She's also um, a licensed family and marriage therapist, certified access consciousness facilitator, master theta healer, and she's supported thousands of people over the past 20 years in living beyond their childhood sexual abuse to create infinite possibilities for themselves. And they truly enjoy living. Wow, what is this energy? This is actually amazing. And I was saying to Keisha before I got on, I'm like, I've never actually had so much energy around a show as I did with my very first show like over a year ago. And there's so much, mm. um, there's there's so much coming up for me around this. It's like, wow. So if I just bust into tears randomly, whew, what is that? And cool. Who's is that? Well, you know, I'm kind of fun to have at a party because most people do bust into tears around me. So it's pretty normal in my world, tell you the truth. <laughs> Awesome. So also, you already started reading some of my bio, and it talks a lot about abuse and and a lot of people and a lot of energy in the world actually don't wish to talk about it, but also secretly hope to talk about it. And so everything that I do and be the energy of is the energy of we can talk about anything, we can go anywhere, and we're going to have these revolutionary conversations of hope, hope, so that there's no secret. And nothing gets swept under the carpet. And that scares some people, but it also um, relieves a lot of people, too, because we all know and have all been around for all of our lives since childhood or beyond, you know, energies, relationships, and situations where we knew something else was going on and we couldn't talk about it. And since no one was talking about it, we believed that we were crazy or wrong 
and then we put it away and didn't talk about it. So that might be a little bit of the energy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that energy. Um, and I noticed that um, in choosing having you on my show, uh, like a lot of, and, and in you choosing showing up for it, um, even today in the last hour there's been this incredible uh, intensity um, for me that I was noticing that I was choosing, I'm choosing to be present with this show because so much of it, it was like I was like, ready to just leave my body and not talk about this just like you were saying like they want to talk about it and they don't want to talk about it and um and for me i started noticing i was like i'm going to walk away from everybody in my house right now because i started yelling at everybody for nothing i was like wow where is this (laughs) coming from i just i'm like i'm like get away from me and let me work and they're like holy cow what are you what's going on with you i'm like wow what is that like so There is uh, an incredible amount, and I was doing at the time when you know this energy came up. I was researching different abuses because I do get, and then access people talk about you know even the self abuse and abusive finances and all these other things. Um, And one of the things that I started to notice um, when I was going through this list of different abuses is like who hasn't been abused? Like there's so much of it. There is. This whole world is <laughs> this whole world is abusive in a certain respect. So yeah, and so when I was looking at that, um and I know you, you have uh lots of things that you do called beyond abuse. Um mm-hmm. and, and that um for me, like the people that I know personally that you have uh facilitated that I've actually what I've seen that create in their universes after their like being facilitated by you um, is phenomenal what they've stepped out of and like one woman lives in a small town of like a thousand people and everybody Mm. in the town who knows us is like what's going on with her what's she done she said she saw this woman like you become a little famous in our area because of her (laughs) so it's really well they're getting better than that right and it's really cool how um, how yeah, that you know, one particular person, how much of her life has changed when um, you could facilitate this ease in her universe around um, the sexual abuses that had ha- had occurred with her. So, uh, from reading your bi- uh, bio, your Bible, <laughs> your bio, it was saying mm-hmm. um, that this the child sexualhood abuse that you had from like birth on. Mm-hmm. But there was something about that that I went. Oh, holy cow, what am I aware of um, there to in my universe that I wasn't willing to acknowledge? But, uh, you know, maybe not on the same scale. And then I realized, oh, I'm making a scale of this. Like, there's a comparison. Like, and how, you know, how many times do we do that, right, with abuse? Well, that abuse is little. But that abuse, that's very significant, So do you notice that a lot in your practice that people will deny certain abuses because they kind of diminish them or something like that? Well, everybody everybody diminishes um, their abuse in some way. So I have a book that's coming out called Kick Abuse in the Caboose, and it's going to be internationally and nationally published as a very large publishing company. And I talk about the four Ds in that. And that is called denial, denying, dissociating, disconnecting, and defending. And I liken abuse 
child sexual abuse, financial abuse, spiritual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, whatever it is, as living in an invisible cage with these steel bars around it called denying, defending, dissociating, and disconnecting. And what people do is they lock themselves in this cage, and it's invisible. It's just like an energy of all these things. And until someone, like, reaches in there and puts their hand out and says, hey, are you happy? What's going on? Is what you're doing working for you? And start shining the flashlight to those bars, let's say, the bars of the cage, denying, defending, dissociating, disconnecting. People start talking about it like this person you referenced in the small town. And you stay with them through that, shining the flashlight, putting your hand out, whether they're live with you or, or on the phone, and you walk them through those horrific things in their life that they would never be able to speak about, that they never wanted to even remember. They probably weren't even present for it during the actual event because most people dissociate um, to survive the event. And you you walk them through it by empowering them all the way, knowing that they can you know, like a mother and a daughter or a father and a son, you know, you wouldn't let your child just run across the street or run across train tracks by themselves. You you, you put parameters, you put boundaries around it, you shine the flashlight, you show them, but you don't do it for them. And when they come out the other side and they realize it doesn't take 10 years in therapy, um, I think that particular person that you are speaking to, if I'm energetically attuning to, to who that person is, did five sessions with me. Yeah, and it changed. And in five sessions, it changed yeah. everything. Yeah, it changed right. Which is why I offer... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Been 14 years of therapy. She tells everybody that. She said she got more out of your five sessions with you than she did in 14 years of therapy. So I was like, wow. Right, and that is the point. You know, if you want to reference just as a joke, the Bible you were talking about. Literally, mm-hmm. I made a decision, Melissa. I made a decision... Um, actually, it was probably just, just about, I made a decision a long, long time ago, which I can get into, but realistically, in the last three years, I made a commitment. And that commitment was to this uh, Beyond Abuse movement to do my part as the catalyst to eliminate all forms of abuse off this planet so that all individuals and empower all individuals that they choose can live radically and orgasmically alive. And in that commitment, I decided to find a way that it didn't take people 14 years through therapy or even the 14 years of therapy that I had and a doctoral degree and a marriage and family therapist license and every training, energetic training under the sun and a master's in theta healing and an access consciousness certified facilitator and traveling here, there, and all over the place. I gathered enough information and did enough work on myself and... um, trusted my innate capacities and my own awareness to put something together in my business, as my business, in my practice, um, so that people did not have to stay one day longer in post-traumatic stress disorder, in the recapitulation of the trauma, in poverty or scarcity, because, you know, the truth is, in 25 years of a private practice, people come to me for three reasons. Very rarely, only 10% of people come to me for abuse issues. They start with money, relation, money issues, relationship issues, or health issues. When we get into the session, it becomes all about something in the past that has stuck them 
which I liken to abuse. Now, it could be financial abuse, spiritual abuse, sexual abuse, narcissism, narcissistic personality disorders, growing up, being raised by a narcissistic person, um, someone that has a personality disorder, whatever it is. And then we work from there and in five sessions and in maybe ten sessions. And some people take 20 sessions. You never know. It's not about the quantity of sessions. It's about the quality of the work that someone comes. When they start opening up about abuse, you better have the capacity and the allowance and the know-how of how to work with it. You better have looked under your own carpet. Otherwise, I hear so many stories of people working with practitioners when they brought up their abuse that said, well, just get over it. It was, you know, 20 years ago. But that's, you wouldn't hear those words come out of my mouth. And if someone said that to me, I probably would smack them, truthfully. <laughs> yeah, because it's not really how it works. No, it's not really how it works. But if you get somebody who has struggled like this person for years and years and years and and whatever, and the therapy that they were getting worked to a certain extent, but what I'm doing with people is more about what I be. Because I literally took a look and turned and faced everything behind me. And can I say it was my doctoral degree or my master's in data healing? No, it was really just a commitment to myself that I had something with this topic of abuse that I knew beyond anything. And it was easy for me, it was light for me, and it was fun for me. Now, you might think, how crazy is she because she's saying abuse, easy, light, and fun? Well, abuse is horrific. It is dramatic. It is catastrophic. It is horrific. However, there is a way out. There is a way beyond abuse, and that's what I'm doing. And that's what I did with that person. And it means, yeah, we're going to look at some really shitty things. I hope that I can say that on the radio show. And and we're going to look at it, and we're going to acknowledge it. And we're going to, let, we're going to not fight it, but we're going to acknowledge it. Because when you acknowledge anything, it melts those bars of the cage, and then you start melting the denial of association, the defending and the disconnecting. And when you melt that, you become empowered and potent. And when you become empowered and potent, then the perpetrator or your story or what's happened to you in the past has no bearing on you anymore, does not define you, does not hostage you, does not hook you, does not align with you. You look at it and you're like, yeah, that is what occurred. And you may have done this with my body or said this to me emotionally, but you will never get me, my soul, my innate capacity, my brilliance, my phenomenon. And I will not stop my life and stop my creating and stop my generation because of what occurred. That is not a fight. That's power. That's empowerment. That's potency. And that's what I'm doing, going around the world, you know, having people sometimes want to run away from me because I'm talking about abuse. Um, going around the world doing because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this cloud, this elephant, exists in this causal reality. And for whatever reason, this is my you know, target. I desire all children to lay their heads on the pillow at night resting. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially. I desire a completely different world and certainly a completely different world than the one I grew up in. And I know 
that there are millions of others like me. And I know that there are millions of you out there that are still suffering with your limitations and, and your abuse. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm also here to tell you that the times have changed and there's something out there that can move you beyond abuse. And um, I found it to be accelerated, the work that I do through Access Consciousness and through the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement. But I will use everything that I am trained in, in my awareness, as well as my energetic awareness, to work with anybody. We are not IBM computers on a conveyor belt. Once you start lifting up the hood and hearing somebody's story, you better have more than one thing in your bag of tricks to do to work with them, because not everybody's the same. I feel like I'm taking up your whole show by talking. No, I love that. I'm just saying, you go, Lisa. One of, the, one of the questions I had, you know, I was looking at, um, like, the meaning of the word abuse. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd actually never in my life looked it up until today. So thank you for contributing mm. to me actually, like, looking up what is that. And, uh, you know, I might have learned that because I have a BA in psychology, but I, apparently I didn't take it to something that I really listened to. So ab- abuse in the technical terms, according to Wikipedia, is the improper usage or treatment of an entity um, to have some gain or benefit. And I thought, well, that's very, um, to me, that was like a very interesting thing because if there's an improper conduct and there's proper conduct, and what can we do to facilitate people having what we would, like kindness would be to me proper conduct. And and then I was looking at it as like a, a grand scheme on the planet, like on in some countries, um, child marriage is considered completely okay, where in this country it would be considered ludicrous and against the law. So what would be something that is like that you're aware of that might be something that we could contribute to universally that people can actually receive as as something that would be a proper conduct, like that would actually be the kindness that you're talking about, that you're spreading around the planet? Like, you know, can we do ESCs on that? Like what can we be to to choose more of that or whatever it is? Well, that's really a great question because there's so many definitions of abuse and there's so many judgments around abuse. And when you get into cultures, you know, I pretty much have a very radical viewpoint of abuse um, for many reasons, even in the psychology field, for me to say in five sessions we can move beyond PTSD like you were talking about with that person would think that I'm nuts and, and you know, being grandiose at best. You know, I I don't get into, can't get into, it's like a long fight to get into what each culture does around abuse, you know. Everybody does what they do. Yeah. What, what I would like to get into is, and what I, I even have some videos on my website is, what does abuse mean to you? Like your listeners in the chat room, like if they responded by, you know, putting in the chat, what does abuse mean to them? Right, so when I'm giving a class and someone says, "Oh, radically and orgasmically alive," the two-day class with Dr. Lisa Suni, where we're talking about abuse, they're like, "Well, I haven't had sexual abuse, and that's what she does, so I'm not coming." And they don't even take into consideration that sexual abuse is a conclusion that that class is not even saying what it is. It's more like, "What is abuse to you, and how can the Beyond Abuse movement and what I am?" being the energy for and as a catalyst of do for you to move beyond your limitations. 
that's how I would respond to that. So like every culture in all the world, um, what do they define? As their limitations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from now. It's like so looking at all of their... Uh, all the different cultures, like really, when I was asking about like the energy of that, be choosing to be radically alive and radically orgasmically alive, is really like a major contribution to. Because then it's not; it doesn't have to do with in India. It's okay to marry a child, or in blah blah blah. It's not. So I like that it's not coming from solving the problem. It's looking at what else is possible. Um, a lot of my viewers aren't actually access, so it's kind of cool to bring these points of view in, and I love that. Um, and and also looking at, like, in my fa- in my family, there was, like, the point of view f- from my father's standpoint is that you can't be abused. And so well, that's, even though he was violently <laughs> abused as a child, like, humiliated and abused, and they took it as that's normal. Right. So that's the desensitization. It's like looking at CNN and watching the Twin Towers come down on 9-11 or, you know, the tsunami that occurs or, you know, the bombing in Bangkok just happened. You know, that's what this culture does. Our culture does. It desensitizes us. That's why we have all these TV shows about, you know, sleeper cells and terrorists and whatever. It desensitizes us and actually hypnotizes us into believing that you can walk out your front door and on any day, which might be true, but there's going to be a terrorist waiting to explode you. Likely that is not going to be the truth. <laughs> you know, right. however, that's what, that's what abuse in this reality does. It desensitizes us to our awareness of what is light and right and ease. And it, it desensitizes us and hypnotizes us to live in this sonambulant reality of like, oh, there's going to be, or hypervigilant reality, there's going to be a problem tomorrow. There's going to be something I have to look out for or I have to look behind my back because someone's going to come up and, you know, seek revenge on me or seek judgment on me or kill me or, you know, worst case scenario or abuse me or whatever it is. And that is the the invisible ghost, so to speak, the invisible cage of abuse that I'm speaking to and I speak to in that book and I speak to on my website and I speak to on my radio show on Voice America every week. It's like waking all of us up out of our ambulance, our sleepwalking mentality, our hypnotic mentality that just because we're not sexually abused means we have no abuse issues to work out. I have to tell you, I said before, in 25 years of private psychological practice, even though I do a psychoeducational and psychoenergetic um, practice, I have never had anybody come, only 10% of people come in and say they have sexual abuse and they know that that's their issue or they have some sort of abuse and they know that's their issue. They come in because they're sick and they have a disease and at the root of the disease is some sort of abuse. They come in because they have a relationship problem that every time they, you know, get close to somebody, it always destroys and falls down like a house of cards or something like that or they can't keep friends or whatever. Or they come in because they're severe debtors or severe poverty, yet they make, you know, good money, um, but they can't have anything. And that's, we find the core of that to maybe something in their childhood or something with the church or something around money and abuse. And they have no idea about it. No idea about it. Because we are taught and desensitized in this reality that that what we experience is wrong and what the general public is telling us is right. 
it's like this, you know, you probably had this experience as a child, Melissa, you know, you're, you're like I did, or something like this, I don't know, here's an example that I use a lot, is like, I remember being like three years of age, maybe a little older, my parents come into the, the dining room or wherever we ate, ate dinner or something in my childhood home, and he would lean over and give her a kiss and say hi, and she would give him a kiss and say hi, and that was kind of love, but I felt the, the, I was aware of like the tension and almost like the snarls and the hatred between them. But they didn't say that. They didn't show that in that moment. And that became what love was to me. So in a certain way, love was hiding what you really feel, <laughs> hiding what you really think, and literally hating the other person but, but pretending with some physical contact that that's love. That is kind of like an abuse and a manipulation of a child's mind. Because what I did was internalize that what I was experiencing was wrong and what they were doing was right. So I divorced myself from me, denied, dissociated, disconnected, and defended against what I was aware of for what they were showing me because they were my parents. Yes, yeah, so I did have similar, right? <laughs> so um, because I, I also know that you know my mom, um, and there's been so in for my family, like we've had the hiding of abuse, like it's been a little different. Um, but there's all yeah, that hiding is really something like that, as if children don't know the energy of it. I I know that my daughter, um, and you've met her. She's been at some classes before that you've been at. She. Um, so her her father uh, lived with us temporarily, and he's walking abuse. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, so she she's very aware of his of the energy of who he he is and what he offers, and um, and I've asked her if she'd like to see him, and she's like, no, I really have no desire to see him. And I was like, wow, because as a kid, I had this um, immense guilt in my universe for not wanting to see my dad and thinking I needed to see my dad because I didn't want him to feel bad and alone. Um, and I just think it's really cool that she can just say, no, I have no desire to see him. He's abusive, and I don't want to be around him. And Well, that's a, that's a testament to who you are as a mother then because that's beautiful, good for her because somehow you've empowered a child to be in their truth and then you participate thereby in the Beyond Abuse Movement to eliminate and eradicate all forms of abuse off this planet, that all individuals, including the children, live radically and orgasmically alive. Because what you just told me is one of the main targets and one of the main things that doesn't happen, main targets of mine and what doesn't happen with a lot of children is they aren't given permission to use their awareness and to be given the space to say, no, this doesn't work for me and here's why. He's abusive or whatever she says. Good for her and good for you. Yeah, she's very not not that I want to keep her away from her father, but until no. until she she will know if she can tell you that she will know when she is capable of receiving that and going. And it's interesting because she will check the energy when I'm like, "Would you like to see him now?" And she'll be like, "No, he hasn't changed." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. You're aware of that." Um, and the one day where she was kind of like, "Okay, I'll see him," and I was with her, and it lasted about 20 minutes, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't need to see him again." I'm like, okay, if you ever change your mind, you can. You're allowed to change your mind on that, and you can see him if you like. No, I'm good. Like, So it was really kind of interesting because I, I always felt that other, like, and my mom never guilted me into seeing my dad. It was my dad guilting me into seeing him. But there was always... Right. Anybody that guilts, tries to guilt somebody into seeing them 
is doing what your definition said, is manipulating you to get what they want based on their insecurity, and that is not about seeing or acknowledging you as a person. That is the person being, showing you that your being, the wealth of being, the wealth of being you, isn't what they can honor. And then we have to make that choice. If we're going to go be with them, then we be with them based on our terms, not on their terms. And what a gift that would have been when I was a child. <laughs> and, but it's a gift now, right? So, and, and I can see that now more in my life. And I know some of the people who have called in and they've have, they have similar um, stuff in their universes. I have um, a friend of mine online with us tonight. Uh, we'll call her B. Um, and she's asking, how can you differentiate denial between victimization? So um, is this something that you would yeah, like to ask? Yeah, I saw now? that question. I just got yeah. online, too. Yeah, it's a great question. So we're right on time. Um, okay, someone just texted me to say, how do I get into the chat room? I said, go to A to Zen, type your name in, you're in. Okay, <laughs> so how do you differentiate between denial and victimization? So you don't, actually. All victims have, and all perpetrators, and all beings have a level of denial, defending, dissociation, connection. We all, disconnection, we all do. Okay. So you don't differentiate. You know that to be a victim, to be a perpetrator, and to be a human being on this planet, you will experience and utilize denial, defending, dissociation, and disconnection. They're compensatory techniques to deal with what the body, let's say, or the psyche cannot deal with it at a moment until it's ready to deal with it. And that's what happens. When people come to my office and they say, I have been abused, I need to work on this, that means their cage of abuse has opened the door to cleaning out the denial, defending, dissociation, disconnection. Now, the rest of the question says, so when you know you have been abused and want to deal and move on, how do you know when and how? Well, you already answered your own question. You know you have been abused. You desire to move on, but maybe you're incapable of moving on. Most people that I have seen that are incapable of moving on beyond their abuse because they try to move beyond by themselves. They try to move beyond just knowing, yeah, I was abused. And because there's so much of stigma in this world about abuse, this is why I named the title of the book, Kick Abuse in the Caboose, a journey to radical aliveness because I didn't want a book on the shelf, and this is no judgment in the books on the shelf. They were so perfect for the time, uh, which is not now. But like the courage to heal or ritual abuse has this, you know, knife on it with like blood dripping from it. It's like I didn't want that kind of energy <laughs> in a book. I wanted someone to look at kick abuse in the caboose and feel the potency and the roar of a lion's energy saying, no, we are going to eliminate this. You are not going to get me to stay out of the potency of who I be based on what you may have took from me, my body, financially or spiritually. That's the energy of the book. So um, you just have to get that commitment to yourself and say, I'm ready to deal with this now, and then find somebody who is trained in abuse not just somebody that is trained, you know, wholeheartedly and they can, they say they can deal with everything. Because i got to tell you the truth, not all practitioners can deal with everything, myself included. 
There are things that someone would call me up that I would say, no, I'm not suited for that. Go to another practitioner. We don't get that so much these days anymore, but I know that I know what I can do with people, right? And I know that if somebody has something with abuse, it's a no-brainer for me, definitely. Come into my vortex. Let's clear it. You need to get out in the world. So to this person who's asking, to the, question, asking the question, um, you know, find somebody to work with so that you move beyond your abuse so that you live radically alive and know that you don't need to take 10 to 14 years in therapy to do that. Getting your bars run, body processes in the classes, working with someone individually. Yes, maybe it will take six months, but if you struggled with post-traumatic stress disorder and your abuse for, you know, three decades, is six months really not worth dealing with it to move beyond it? Because that's what I guarantee. You will move beyond it. As long as you keep acknowledging and not lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I was going to add. Acknowledgement, right? It's like when we can acknowledge things, we can start to change them. That's something. Fifty percent of the problem is solved when you acknowledge what you've been denying, dissociating, disconnecting, and defending against. Why? Because it softens your psyche and it softens those bars on the cage of abuse. It softens it and says, "Okay, she's ready now, or he's ready now." Um, and and I, I say he purposely because next week I'm actually doing a, radio, a live radio show with a a male sexual abuse survivor, which I've never done on my Voice America radio show. So. For all of you out there, if you want to hear the male perspective about moving beyond abuse, tune in next uh, Tuesday, I believe, for my Voice America show or the archive replay after because I'm really excited for that show because it's going to get the male's voice out there, not just the female's voice. And neither right or wrong, neither better or worse, just like I'm really excited for that, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. And there's so so many, um, like, you know, places, uh, you know, even growing up, you know, abuse, like if my brother was hit and if my father hit my brother, it was um, it was never okay with my mom, but it was like somehow it was that's how you raise a boy to be a man is by physically abusing him. It's, you know, some kind of, I don't know if it's my family or if it's like Europe or what it is. Um, so it's it was a funny kind of uh, thing that we had. It was like, yes, men are supposed to be abused. It was like a given uh, women are supposed to be sexually abused because they are not valuable. Like there were so many points of view um, around, like crazy stuff like that. That it's great that you know having a man on that it's like to me it's like wow because I wish my brother would go listen to that because wow like the shit that happened to him was crazy. Um, so, right, but also listen to what you just said that was crazy. Abuse yeah. is insane. It isn't the projection separations, rejections, and judgments, and decisions and conclusions and computations that all societies make that even that conclusion of like women deserve to be raped and abused because they're unworthy and men deserve to be beaten into their manhood. Like, who or what has the, the gall to actually believe that that is a proper way of treating people or even yeah. thinking about people? It is. Insane. And and here's the thing. The insanity of abuse is what creates the cage of abuse because we take on that point of view, that insane point of view as true. 
and we make it our reality. And so we can never move beyond abuse because we're living in insanity that is a lie. So part of what I do is really show the insanity of, of who the point of view belongs to, which is likely on the person's body I'm working with, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, financially, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, when the person wakes up and realizes it's somebody else's point of view and they're trying to change it, and that's why it hasn't changed, they can't move beyond abuse because it's, it's not their point of view, it's the insane point of view of the culture of the society, again, 50% of the problem gets solved and they get free. And then it's about untwisting, untwisting the cellular contortion of the insanity as the costume you made is your reality. And that's what takes a little bit more time because abuse is insidious and it twists our thought processes up that we believe something to be true that isn't true. We make it ours, but it's not true. So how is it ours when it's not true? But we make it true that it's ours. That's the insaneness of it. <laughs> it's all really insane. So you do clearings on your show, right? Right, wrong, good and bad. Yeah. Talk all nine shorts, boys and beyond. So all the ways, all of you have made it more powerful, more potent, abuse more powerful and more potent than you so that you can never move beyond it and made that true, can we destroy and uncreate it? Hell yeah. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. And all the cellular contortion that we have all done molecularly, acoustically, energetically to live the insanity of this abusive reality and, and incarnating that every day can we destroy and create that? Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. Wow, my body's literally sweating. <laughs> That's really yeah, funny. and what is it that we're all pretending that we don't know about moving beyond abuse, that if we just allowed ourselves to move beyond it, would change everything instantaneously? And who or what have you been willing to limit or stop you that doesn't even have the power to with regards to this abuse? Right, wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys. It's our point of view about the insanity of abuse that was made real that stops or limits us. Moving beyond abuse has no diminishment and no no disempowerment of you. Moving beyond abuse is to really say, hey, tell me what you're aware of and you know what you're right. I love that question. And let's go beyond that. What? Yeah, I love, I love how you threw it. Who or what are you allowing to stop you? Um yeah. I've, I've done the what am I allowing to stop me, but the who is like, hmm, that was a really sweet question. There's yeah. a lot of who, I what, yeah. who are you being when you're letting abuse stop you? What are you being when you let abuse stop you? When are you being when you let abuse stop you? How are you being when you let abuse stop you? Where are you being when you let abuse stop you? And the answer to that question is you're not being. Yeah, you're so not. the way to move beyond the be- abuse is to be the wealth of your being. You can't be something you're not willing. You can't receive something you're not willing to be. I am willing to be beyond the beast. Oh, I so get that. It's like so your pre- your present, like your presence itself, is like a phenomenal thing to be around. For anybody um, who has ever, I mean, you're listening to Lisa now, but even when you meet her in person, um, you're just so freaking present that, yeah, it's, like, that intimidating. Like, are you willing to be intimidating? Because <laughs> you're a little intimidating, and I love that about you. <laughs> so. It's so funny to me because I, I, a lot of people say that, and I've really 
when I started this Beyond the Beast movement, which we changed it from Beyond the Beast Revolution, because everybody started fighting me. I didn't realize that revolution meant fight to everybody else. To me, it just went, yeah, let's get together and change this. So I'm changing the, the movement to Beyond the Beast movement because it's a lot gentler and easy flow, and I'm just like, I don't want to intimidate anybody. I mean, I'm going to anyway. I know that because of the presence. You're exactly aware. However, my desire is more to be the beacon and the catalyst and the light bearer for like, hey, listen, I've had, I've had, um, how do I say this appropriately on your radio show? I've had, (laughs) I've had, I've had objects and things and um, genitals and whatever in every orifice of my being. I've been raped. I've been um, sexually, physically abused and emotionally abused and mentally abused and with doctors and with the churches and in the modeling agency when I was a kid. And I, whatever it was that I made that, those choices, I don't even say that it was stupid anymore because <laughs> that was a judgment. It was like, whatever that all was, it gave me who I am in a certain way today to be able to look at all of this and to actually stand up in front of the entire world and say, if I can do it, you can do it. And that I believe. But, you ha- but the only thing that kept me going, Melissa, truthfully, was my desire and my commitment to be the potency of who I truly be. I promised myself at age seven when I grew up in New York and I watched everybody walk to the train station to go work, work on Wall Street. And the women were in their suits and they had their trainers on and their high heels coming out of their briefcase. And the men walked in their suits with their briefcase and not one of them, men or women, had a smile on their face. I remember looking at that and saying, God, whatever it takes, I will not live a soulless life. I will not live unhappy. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. When I stepped in front of a bus at a certain age that I was really getting ready to check out and and die and not live, and something pulled me back and I turned behind me and there was nothing there, I knew that I had something else to do. And I committed to that. I became the energy of the insanity almost checking out. And I had to work my ass off to choose to live and to not allow any perpetrator, any situation, any tragedy or any story in my life to define my life. That wasn't going to happen. And so I decided to live. You got to choose. And that's... Yeah, and that's the 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 journey to radical aliveness, which is what the when the book comes out, it's like you move from the four Ds to the four Cs, which is to choose for you, commit to you, collaborate with the universe conspiring with you, and then create. That is how you move beyond abuse. You create. You collaborate. You commit to you and you choose you. And you make you more important than anything else. And I'm not talking narcissistic importance. I'm talking, this is what's light, this is what's right for me, this is what I'm going to do, and you got to look that there is an underbelly of this reality and a causal reality that is full of evil and revenge and, evil lightly, but revenge and jealousy and competition. It's It's just not real, you know? It's like when you're in the energy of you choosing, committing, collaborating, and creating, you don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. 
And that's what, what you have to get to. Ever, mm-hmm. Yeah, and my question is, like, what if we didn't actually require to have the abuses to then solve the, you know, solve the abuse by going, I, I thrive beyond abuse. Like, what if we can just thrive, right? So this, like, movement to obliterate abuse and we can just create without having to have these things to, you know, go back and solve and change and then oh, I can create beyond that. Like, you know, like recently in the last year or so, I was like, I committed to my life because it was like, uh, Mike's almost killed me. So it was like, oh, I can now, uh, at, the, at the moment it was like, no, I'm going to fucking live. And so it was just my total choice and commitment to living, um, I believe, that got me to actually not die that night. Um, so, so like that, it's like, and what if I didn't actually require something that dramatic or traumatic to show up? And what if, for all of you, like, listening, like, what if you don't require something that dramatic and traumatic to just start choosing those four C's for you? That's the whole point. Most of us think that we have to choose the other to go there, and that's the whole point about changing the name of of the business, so to speak, from the Beyond Abuse Revolution to the Beyond Abuse Movement. I really got what you're talking about here, Melissa, which is we don't need a revolution to change. We can just be a movement and have the change be easy. Yeah. You're beyond surviving. You're beyond thriving when you choose, commit, collaborate, and create. And and I do have to say that all of us that are attracted to this in a certain way like, there's something that you all will unlock, those of you that are listening to the show, and maybe who you pass the show on to, there's something that you will unlock that will do exactly what Melissa is saying right now. And that you then do not have to attract the trauma and the drama and the gore and the revolution type energy. And that is why I always say on my own Voice America shows, and I'm saying it here now, that's why I always say... It takes a village. It takes all of us to choose to step up to do this because there is so much abuse that we're carrying on our body that has nothing to do with even this lifetime. It has everything to do with like 4.2 trillion years since humanity began. So we don't even know what we're connecting to and what we're, what we're committing to. We just know what's going on in this lifetime if we choose to look. But if we make the demand to choose for ourselves, into ourselves, collaborate with the universe, conspiring to bless us and create a whole different story and a whole different reality can be created. And I get very many comments like what you were saying in testimonials about what you were saying about that person. There was somebody who now works with me that met me in Australia and took my Radically Alive class and in 10 minutes she said I worked her through six years of therapy. <laughs> And then can she's like, I'm joining know? this. I'll... Mm-hmm. Can you let everybody know after you tell us that, um, that bit of information, how they can find you and like how they can like have a session with you? And um, I'm sure everybody listening is like, I want to talk to that woman. How do I find her? That's, that's wonderful, and thank you for the, the possibility of that because um, basically you can I can work with you anywhere. <laughs> And that, that's the truth, and I've been doing it via phone, via live, via Skype, you know, even way before Access Consciousness, because um, I've had an international business way before Access Consciousness as well. 
wherever I go, wherever classes I go, I always give a day or two of sessions, of VIP sessions, which are longer one-on-one sessions. Um, my team and I are, you know, at your ready for sessions. They'll work with you about the time conversions and whatever. So you can email myself at drlisa at drlisatuni.com. Just do that, and then I will get you to the appropriate people. And if you're in the California area, which is where I'm home-based, at least in these 10 seconds, really what I consider myself is a gypsy of consciousness. I just got back. I've been home for three days and two months. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was in Bali. I was in Orlando. I was in Costa Rica. I was in Copenhagen, Denmark. And um, I do sessions via phone, via Skype, but you can find it all out. Um, by emailing me at drlisa at drlisacuni.com or my website at um, drlisacuni.com. And the truth is, I would love to work with you. There's so many processes in access consciousness, um, live or via Skype, that work so well with moving people beyond abuse. And, you know, the truth is, Melissa, like people love working with me on the phone. They love working with me live. And usually if they work with me on the phone, they'll find me and come to me wherever I'm live. <laughs> um, because they they see the, the potency and they get the depth of, of where I'm going. And I'm not interested in a one session, one hit wonder. I could do a lot in one session. But if you have some sort of root core abuse that you have been struggling with and going to sessions and classes with for decades and it hasn't changed, you've got to give me a little bit of time, which is why I do like five-session packet. Yeah, more than an hour, which is why I do five-session packages because I'm not, I'm not just looking for you to feel good. I'm looking for you to feel great. And I'm looking for long-term, lasting results, and I do know what that takes. I need to get in there and to pull those weeds and to pull them at the roots. And... With that person that you talked about, I did it in five sessions. With some of the people that I work with, I've done it in one class. With another person that I work with, I did like four or five packages in a VIP session, a three-day package with. You know, I never know who who, or what it's going to take, but I've invested at least a million dollars in my own therapy and healing and classes and whatever over the time to get to where I'm at. So I am... I don't believe in the excuse of I don't have. It just means that you're not willing to do it and be it. And I don't judge that because I knew at one point I wasn't willing to do it and be it. But if what I'm speaking to you here today, you know, seems um, like something that could work for you, um, yeah, give me a call. I'm happy to do it. In fact, it's what I said in the beginning of your show. It's easy, it's light, and it's fun for me. And you know, Melissa, because in that SOP that we met, I think yeah. live, I did yeah. get pulled up on the table. You yeah. did see myself go through, ver- and Dane, Dr. Dane here, who was working on me and leading the class, working me through energetically the pain and the trauma that was still locked inside of me. And... And you heard and saw the willingness that I'd be to to not only be a professional and not only be someone that does this out in the world, but also somebody that's also willing to be a student, willing to be a client, willing to um, drop all armor and say, yeah, take me, 
where I need to go. And that's a strength that I, that I really love to to speak to because I'm not sitting as a practitioner in judgment of what you be or what you don't do. I'm just saying, hey, I know, here's a flashlight. I know the path away from this and out of this because I've done it and I still do it. And a lot of people seem to get that about me. And, and that, that relationship and that rapport that we develop really is like the trusting factor of change. Thank you so much. That's, that's who I want to be for somebody. And you are that. <laughs> so we have about a minute to go. And I wondered if you could let everybody know about your classes. That um, I think your class was in Florida and in uh, D.C. and it all got combined. If you can let them know about your upcoming classes, where they can find you. or Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. And that's also part of Living Beyond Abuse is that when I realized that the Florida classes were full, filled with a lot of projections and stuff and, and the refusal to clear it, I just canceled them. And I merged them with the, the D.C. classes, which was a better choice. And part of Moving Beyond Abuse is about listening to the whispers of consciousness and going with the energy, even if it's the most not popular choice. <laughs> so, um, but I'm I'm unwilling, given my own abuse, to ever go against my own lightness again. Because that's how I was taught for the first 20 or 30 years of my life. So, uh, at the end of the month, the 20th of September, 21st, I believe, you can look at drlisacooney.accessconsciousness.com. I'll be in Kelowna, Canada. And then after that, I will be going to, in the beginning of October, I'll be going to Washington, D.C. And both those places, I'll be doing five days of classes, Radically and Orgasmically Alive, and the three-day Access Consciousness Body class. So join us. Love to see you there. Thank you so much. I am so, so grateful for you. I'm going to listen to this show again, uh, probably 10 or 100 or whatever is required more times. So, um, and for everybody that joined us tonight in the last, um, very last few minutes when I just posted randomly on Facebook to everybody, thank you so much for coming in and contributing your energy and your questions. Thank you, Melissa. I thank you for you. choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.